come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Good evening. Welcome to Alexandra Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you for being every Saturday night uh, listening to our show. We're bringing wonderful, wonderful um, guests to you and enjoying their journey with us on our radio show. So this evening, of course, my co-host, Miss uh, Courtney is here, Hi. and Mr. Billy. Hello. Good evening. Hey, can we take just a minute so we can listen to the Pledge of Allegiance by the uh, You're the boss, Clark Children. No, yes. our boss is right there, Michael, Michael Clark. Clark. He's, He's our producer. No. Let's hear his kids. Yes, yes, yes. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God. Indivisible, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And I love that little one. I'm just, I'm in, enthralled with that little girl. She is so cute. So, Miss Courtney, how are um, you doing? I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm doing great. We, we need to catch up with Courtney. Yeah, we did. Yes. Catch up with Courtney. Yeah. We missed her uh, last week very, very much. So you missed some very, uh, two wonderful guests. By the One was Brian Glenn with Right Side Broadcasting. And the other one was, Justice Mark Russo of mm-hmm. recent three. He is fabulous. So yeah. down to earth. And he does everything. Like he him. marries. He let's see. He marries. He marries people. He puts you in jail. Uh, he, <laughs> he's asking me if I go through here tickets. <laughs> well, I like that ability. Uh, I he remember. does the whole thing. Yeah. He's just he's a justice of the peace for the area. And he is just so down to earth and so humble and just cute. Well, I'm sorry. I miss that. Yeah. I was I was dealing with the day of death. Well, tell us. Well, I had the vid. You ha- so you did have COVID. Yes. It wasn't Florona, right? But is this your second time? <laughs> <The> second time. <laughs> because I remember you were in bed with your husband when you had the first time or something. I mean, that's no, what I saw. The it picture. seems to be January is, the is yes. <laughs> January is the um, the month of COVID for us. We both got it again this time. Now, ex-husband, number two. You got but it we again both together? Got it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think you guys need to get back together <laughs> because this togetherness is really getting out of control. Uh, yes. You, you but know. I will tell you that um, we're still not vaccinated. Okay. And I treated again with a similar regimen than what I treated before. And um, I, I was down for a day. You know, that is the very good thing to say because I had to be vaccinated for because of my American Airlines insurance. They won't pay unless you're vaccinated. But it was very hard. I took the booster and it really made me so sick. I, had, I ended up in the emergency room. Why didn't you tell us any of this? Well, I, I did. You, you weren't here oh, last week. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's why. But the worst part about it now, when I went to, for my checkup yesterday, this is what the doctor said. You are to be glad you had that terrible reaction because that has given you um, a- anti- antibodies mm-hmm. to fight it. Mm-hmm. He says, if you have a bad reaction, that's very good. I'm kind of like, well, I need another one over here. <laughs> Listen, know? we but could talk to a blue in the day. face about it's all this, horrible. but I, I want to see the research. Me I want to see the research and I want to know because if I've now gotten it twice and I was sick for a day and it wasn't, you know... It, this last time it could have been the flu Rona because it was bad chills. I had a fever for half a day, um, you know, chest pressure, things like that. But I, I did get a pack and I took my my other stuff that you can't say out loud. But, you know, it's it's how do you say it? If you listen to other news outlets, they talk about it being an effective treatment and HCQ. Yeah. HCQ. Yes. Yes. And so um, I was good. And I up my vitamin regimen and yes. So that's the only thing. So it's hard for me to say, um, you know, you, you got the booster, you took a space in the ER for how sick you were. 
I had actual COVID. I medicated for it and I was fine a day. See what I'm saying? So it's hard for me to justify. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the bad parts of, of this, I had the, the uh, booster on Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday night, about three o'clock in the morning, my head started just like, oh my gosh. Oh, the headache is the worst on part. On Saturday, I just, I could barely move my arm. Uh-huh. I couldn't move my leg. I had showings during the day and I was just literally, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went home a little bit early all Saturday night. I I did aspirins. I did a tequila shot. I did everything <laughs> I could. By Sunday, well, 4 o'clock in the morning, Alexandra. I was just, I, I got in my car and I drove myself to the emergency room. What did and they I, do? Well, <laughs> first thing, he, I, I walked in the door and I said, I'm in terrible pain. So, I, you know, they asked you, what did, what did you take? That I, I said, oh, I had the booster. Oh, well, <laughs> it's not anything unusual. It's happening to so many people. Some end up in the hospital and I said, what are you trying to tell me? He says, well, take some um, uh, aspirin or Tylenol, drink a lot of water and get some rest. I said, thank you very much. How much is it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. So I went home around six o'clock in the morning. I did exact. I went, I laid down all day Monday. I just could barely, barely. Oh, I was, but I realized that. This is, you know, this is the way this this whole crap is going. Mm-hmm. Excuse the word, but it is. It's sad. It and is. does the tequila help? I'm just the shot of tequila. You know, I myself. came back and had another one. Okay, great. <laughs> Straight Does tequila. Work. You know, thank goodness for Young <laughs> Sung that gave me some of it because <laughs> you know it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you saw, the the pain was worse than I've ever. I had a baby one time. Right. Mm. I'd rather have another baby than that pain. It was so. Especially wow. here. The headache is the worst the part. Headache. But this time around, I had that. I had the chills and I just could not get comfortable at night. Like I was in like a... Were you by fe- yourself at night? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I haven't had a fever in like two years, so I... I it was so weird. I had no fever either. I had no um, fever I didn't have all. fever the first time around, but I also lost my... My smell and my taste for half a day. Last time I lost it for several days, but alpha lipoic acid is what helps oh, bring it back for me. You lost your taste. And now that's why those men aren't working out. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. So why uh, do we have to talk about my single life? <laughs> because, because we might be talking about Billy sooner or later. Oh, don't say that. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Yes, yes. So, Billy, tell us a little bit about what's happening with your home sale and you're uh, moving to Tyler and um, all this good stuff. What not, happened to your roommate? Well, I'm not moving to Tyler. But, oh, you're not? Um, no, I've got countertops, houses ready to go. Uh just working out some other details. I had an apartment that fell through, and so we're trying to find another one. You know how hard that is? Yeah, right now? it's crazy, and it's expensive. It's nuts. I've got my, my future roommate with this apartment doing, like, he drove by 30 places over the weekend and still can't find anything. So, anyway. Where that's are you trying that. to live? What part of town? Uh, don't really care, as long as it's either right where we're at now, you know, the east side of the airport, or, or back over to the Rowlett, Rockwall area, so I'm kind of halfway to Tyler. That's you like can a probably, big, yeah, that's yeah. a big difference. Well, I don't care. I'm just saying I have to expand that much to try and find something that's available. So, um, but in other news, I really want to tell you all this story. I had a friend do Ancestry.com recently, yes. found a first cousin that he didn't recognize, come to find out uh, who he thought was his biological father was not after 35 that's years. That's crazy. Which is also a surprise to the mother. So, oh, whoa, that crazy sounds like story. Place. Man, I, <laughs> I've been on the phone with him every day since he found so out. So what happened with the, so I want to know, what happened with the father that's raised him? Well, that's not who raised him. Who he thought was a biological father also didn't raise him. So he had a stepfather mm-hmm. and they're good. You know, never been a problem. So this whole ordeal is not a big deal to him at all because he never was close to any, what, who he thought was biological. So is the biological dad still alive? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. And was he related, was he involved with his mother? Uh, apparently, apparently for once. a very small time, <laughs> time. back okay, in like 1986 or, or so, like yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. So, well, so we're going to find out more about that. And I'm going to keep y'all updated because yeah. this is like a really cool story. And where is the father now? You won't believe this. He only lives about 35 minutes away. You know, it always, if you read, read stories like that. I know. You know, you just don't think it happens to right, you or to, close. To, to somebody that's close. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This so. is. Ancestry.com yep. for the win on that I one. I did all my research for my great-great-grandfather and my everybody else. Yeah, so the family tree amazing. stuff is, the ancestry stuff is fun. I got hooked on it for about a year. Yeah. Just couldn't, I was logging in every day, you know, you asking see. my mom questions, yeah. my dad. So, 
That's fun. It's fun. So, so what else? What's that, what else is happening? Did you sell your house yet? No, it's not sold yet. Okay, um, but. Man, I know the market's still strong. It's Real estate strong. agents are keeping me really busy with the inspections. Yeah. Um, but uh, nothing else. I'm just this time of the year that I kind of chill and just focus on work. And how come you're always late here? Wow, I wasn't late. Yeah, oh, he, was, he was. on oh time. Oh my god, we, you were on time today. Um, yes. So listen, um, I have a really good I, ability of pulling into a parking lot with a minute or two to spare. I'm just good <laughs> at that. Sorry. So <laughs> I I sold. My mom's house to ex-husband number one. <laughs> Y'all keep up now. Well, we're not supposed to talk let me, about let me this, right? Oh, number one, number two. Wait, no, who was number one? So maybe looking for number three. Mm-hmm. Send so, me the specs. So was it a good Y'all sale, like Courtney? It wasn't. It's just a he. It, he was able to get a relocation package from his company, and so I just submitted very good. the contract. And oh, very good. Did it. That was very nice good. and easy. Yeah, and graceful. nice and easy. But he was yeah. cute because he tried to. Um, I told him the price that I wanted. Now, obviously, we know in this market, especially a home under three hundred k in Allen, is like hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And so it would have been uh, a multiple offer type situation. Sure. So I was trying to be reasonable. I sent him the comps and everything, and he called me uh, the other day, and he was like, "I'm ready to talk about the sales price." I said, oh, you want to negotiate with me, okay? <laughs> and so he came in $15,000 less than what I would, than what I told him, you know, mm-hmm. that I would like. And um, so we ended up splitting kind of the difference. And, you know, the inspection came back and the house is 40 years old. I mean, it needs some cosmetic work. And I said, you know what? By the time I end up having to deal with that, you know, on the back end, maybe selling not to him, it's, it's worth it. So I just said, let's be done. Oh, so now. So you didn't do it. I'm doing it. It's, oh, okay. It closes um, the like the first part of February. But now I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with that because I was going to hang on to that house and rent it out and have it be an investment property. And now I have, you know, that coming to me. And what do I do? Mm. Well, one thing you need to talk to Roberto about the airship so that you can have that. I've, I've already got that taken care yeah. of. I already had title open and it's it's a done So you, you may not want to sell this place? Or it's, you... I'm selling it. Oh, it's no, being I mean, sold. Well, I didn't want to initially, but oh. now that he, my number one ex-husband number one wants to buy it i feel like as long as it stays in our family and you know my kids would eventually get that house uh-huh. and stuff like yeah. that so well, okay. that, yeah that was a good deal it worked that out, worked out. Well, how does uh, husband number two uh, husband number it? two and husband number one who never got along while we were married mm-hmm. now get along and they're like bffs this yeah. is my life sure. it's crazy i just gotta know because i only know courtney here in this room what goes on when she leaves? I know. This is I crazy. know. This is not exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what else is happening in our in our country right now? I think we're, it's COVID. COVID still the it's all COVID. Uh, in it's the all news. the rage. Uh, it's they're alarming. saying that we're peaking right now. So. You know, they're always alarmed by the infection rate, but at the same time, they're saying, "Oh, well, it's not that bad if you well, do I get think it." Five day quarantine. Mr. Fauci ha- or Dr. Fauci has to have a job, so you know he has to be constantly yeah. talking about it because. Fear-mongering is his job now? Well, yes. listen, okay. let's get off the COVID talk because we have something that's really important coming up, oh. Martin Luther King's birthday. Yes, And we have is. a great guest today. Um, this is somebody that you've known for years and years, and you ran political co- campaigns for him. and Successful one. Yes. I always he like won. success. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. He's actually going to give us a little treat at the end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned to the very absolutely, end. Absolutely. Um, but again, another great guest, and I'm excited to hear from him. And then next week, um, you know, we've got some things lined up as well. well I've that's got somebody that's, you got. that's yes, coming. Yes, yes, yes. And, and uh, one other thing that we want to talk a little bit about is that uh, we want to um, thank our um, producer for mm-hmm. the amazing job he does with yes. us every week. Tolerating and also us. our podcasts really sound very, very good. Awesome. So that's exciting. They do. Yes, they do. So Thank you very much, Michael. Yeah. And thank you for filling in last week with us, with our with our guests. You did an amazing job. And, and I can only tell you that. Uh, you can tell when two guys are working the radio. I know. I mean, you can tell him and Brian. Was it Brian, oh, right? Bo- both yeah. of them, Brian uh, and uh, But like and him Mark. and Brian were just at it. I just sat back. I know. I know. <laughs> You're very good. And the question was, why are you here instead of there with them? That yeah. was the question. So yeah. this show is brought to you every Saturday night by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. Be sure and like us on Facebook, Alexandra and Friends 660, or our website, alexandraandfriends.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Alexandra and Friends. Well, we are back with a wonderful, wonderful gentleman that I've known for a long, long time. And one time I was his campaign manager, and we won in this county of Dallas County, Bishop 
Paul Freeman. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Good evening. evening. Hi. How are you? So, um, t- uh, Mr. Um, what is your name, sir? Oh, Mr. Tatum. <laughs> Uh, I'm being facetious. Know, I'm looking behind me. I don't know who she was I'm being facetious because I love yeah. Mr. Tatum. Why, so why are you much. so happy at ten o'clock on Saturday night? Well, I don't because understand I got these up. things. Oh, you woke. You, I woke you, up. You took a I'm nap here. First? No, I woke yeah. up. I woke up at four thirty this morning, and <laughs> all right. And I knew Mr. Bishop was going to be here. Doctor, uh, I thought Bishop. it was because of him. That's yes, what I was wondering. Yes, because yeah. I love Seemed this really man. Pumped. I love his story. And Miss Courtney, how was Hi. your dates? Did you? Have, oh you yeah. know, no, my goodness, dates? we are yes. not talking about my well, single darn it. internet dating names. dates. Yeah, just tell don't us. name names. No, we can. Oh, oh yeah, we got an interview. Right, did you cut us off? We'll do that last. Okay, okay. Well, Mr. Um, Bishop, because we always call you Dr. Freeman, yes. but it's Bishop Paul Freeman. We, welcome, and please talk to us about you, where you came from, where did, were you born, and how did you get to where you are in Dallas being so popular and such a amazing man? Well, I was born and raised in Amarillo, Texas, um, and I moved to Dallas in 66. And I tell this story, all, well, not all the time, but I tell this story. In 1966, uh, my first job, the only job I could find was at uh, SMU. There was only one black person, he was a football player at SMU, Warren McVeigh. And uh, I, I was a dishwasher and a busboy at SMU. Um, years later, I received my master's and doctoring from that same school. That's awesome. To show you how God can make ways. And I, I tell that because we have so many people that will give up. Um, but if you, if I, I believe if, if you put God first in your life, great things can happen. Um, I was very, for, and I was very fortunate to meet uh, Jane Woody and Alexandra um, and ran for um, Dallas um, School Board. Dallas County School Board, um, and because of them, I, I had, and this is this is really funny. I had no signs, uh, no literature to pass out. My opponent had signs everywhere, uh, and he made a statement. He said, "Now the reason we can win is because I have a strong campaign. That's a lot of people. I think thirty, forty people working. You know, just." Um, just my wife and I, of course, Alexandra and Jan, and I beat him by 3,000 votes. That's right. Um, so that, that lets me know that if you have the right people around you, mm-hmm. great things can happen. So I, I thank God for that. that was, um, I was the uh, president of the NWCP in Mississippi. That was the experience. We want to hear a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah, Mississippi, that. what yeah. year was that? Well, it was, uh, it was in the 90s, uh, 90, let's see, 98, in that area, 1998, I was president, uh, served six years as president. That was a very... Um, eye-opening. I, yeah, eye-opening, good word, eye-opening. Because um, any, anything I mean, I put my heart in it. And we had a lot of issues come forth. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm saying this, I think the thing that... It hurt me in a sense. I got a lot of things accomplished, but one of the things I could have did a lot more. Number one, I was an outsider, you know, and Mississippi they don't like a lot of in the black community a lot of outsiders. Um, so I didn't have the full support of the black community, the black leaders, because everybody wanted to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the full support, but with that being said, we still got. I think. We still got a lot of accomplished as far as uh, teachers, pay raise. Uh, we we had more more teachers were hired, um, and but a lot of things we didn't because of um, like support from the black some of the black leaders. Can I dive a little deeper? Sure. sure. Um, so let me go back to SMU. So how does somebody that is a dishwasher on campus get enrolled? for school, pay for school, graduate with a master's. I mean, that's something that you're right. Back in the 60s, that was that was something that was not common, mm-hmm. right? So talk to us about how that all took place. Okay. okay. Because, um, you know, I, 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 I got, I, it was later on in my life. Mm-hmm. 
I think I got I got my uh, master's in in nineteen ninety. Okay. Got my doctor in ninety four. Um uh but I was I could because uh, I went to Texas College mm-hmm. first. My desire I was in a Methodist church. My desire was to be a bishop and I want to take all the steps necessary. Now as far as the masters at uh Perkins School of Theology. I I I was on a grant, um, very you know, everything's just about paid for. Mm-hmm. So I would These are things that you had to apply for, yeah, or they you were apply, okay. you apply for. You apply for. Now the doctrine was a different story. I, I look back on today. I really don't know how I did that <laughs> I'm sorry, because every, I had to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but excellent. God and then, away. where did you meet your wife? Uh, I met my wife. She was 17 years old, just out of high school. Uh, we were at a gathering and. I feel like we've been married 51 years. Oh, my goodness. Oh my I don't tell That's a love married. story. I just did the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell I told you. <laughs> She's still 31. Uh-huh. <laughs> been married 51 years. That was um, beautiful. We, and the, as well, how did y'all, what, what made you stay together? We, we had the same goal. Mm-hmm. And then that, when you have the same goals, you can stay together because you work for. Preach to goal. me, Bishop, because I'm I'm looking for number three now. Preach we, it to me. We both need a little help. <laughs> but my my goal was to be a bishop in a Methodist church, and that's that's the only thing we 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 saw together. We worked together in the churches, um, and she's and everything that I have, everything that I've accomplished is because of her. That's amazing. She stood mm-hmm. by me. Wow. In fact, I tell a story. One, uh, it got so hard for me, Perkins. Uh, I, I worked on my doctrine. I stood up one night at three in the morning. I said, I can't do it. I mean, I really, I can't do it. And she said, you got to do it. I mean, she fussed at me and we did it. Um, because I couldn't type, mm-hmm. I had to get up. I had to be there at school early because, because the young lady was typing. She's a, she's a lawyer now, but she was working and she did all my typing for me, oh. for me to rush to this class. Cause you had to have, you had to have a, a paper. In, on the doctor, every day you had to turn in something. Oh, wow. Oh, I had to brush and get type and rush be able to defend it um, on that. Um, hey, are you still friends with her? I, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to find uh, she, She's a lawyer now. Yeah. yeah uh, and we see each other. I've okay. Now, on my master's, and he, he wouldn't, I, I'm, I don't think he was prejudiced. I really don't because of other black uh, students there. But he said, you will never graduate from Perkins. He said, you're not Perkins material. If he had not said that, I probably would have quit. I was getting ready to give up anyway. Mm-hmm. When he said that, I said, I'm not going to let a person tell me what I can't and cannot do. When I got my master's, sent him an invitation. Got my doctor, sent him an invitation. He didn't come, but good. Uh, but it was something about, I don't, I don't know. He, I can't say he was prejudiced, but he just didn't. Do you think people say stuff like that because they know that's your trigger point you know that that's going to put yeah. you to finish did he see that maybe you were struggling and that was his sick reverse psychology to it get you to the finish it might have been yeah. uh, you hear I, that a lot I you know got a, i never got a passing grade I, I, <laughs> in my blue book but it might have been i uh, have a question <laughs> mr freeman uh, bishop freeman can you tell us a little bit of where you were raised and how you, what was your life like during, you were raised where? Amarillo, Texas. Amarillo. Amarillo, oh, Texas. Amarillo, oh, very good. So, so how was your, your life with that, with those years and how did you get to wanting to do more for yourself and for your life? Was it struggles at home? Tell me a little bit about your background. No, no I had a, I was blessed to have a very strong, strong mother. And father, my mother was a school teacher till she got sick. I was, and I'm saying this, um, I, I was blessed to go to a school where the teachers cared about you. Um, all black school because I was not a good student. I think I feel I was way on the bottom of the pole as far as grades. You know, they put those grades up. <laughs> I think my I was about four from the bottom, so I was you know very very poor student in a sense. Uh, uh, I think the thing that changed me as far as wanting to be do better when I went in service um, and got out of service and I started trying to 
to better myself in a oh. sense. And that's so what, you're a veteran. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'm a veteran. Well, thank oh, you for, thank your, you service. for your service. What branch? What branch? Army. Oh. Army. Germany. I was in Germany. What years? 67 to 69. So you got okay. during the during the Vietnam also. Well, we. You st- I was the only one that didn't go. Because there was two of us didn't go, but a whole battalion went to Vietnam besides two of us. Okay. When we went to Germany. Germany. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a great story. What did you do with it? You guys, uh, my grandfather was in Germany from 60, like, well, sorry, from 59 to 62. So, mm-hmm. and I guess that was just, you were doing maneuvers and re- helping yeah, rebuild. You still, go and, to, you still go to field problems and all that. But in fact, you still do everything, but mm-hmm. I was blessed and. It's another story. This is the greatest story I'm going to I love these stories. Well, listen, let's table that for the next segment if this, because we've only got another minute here. Um, Remember, I want to talk about that, about Germany. And um, I also just want to remind everybody to check out our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660, and our website, alexanderandfriends.com. All of our previous loaded episodes are on our website. You can click on any podcast platform. Alexander and Friends brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And today we're sitting here with Bishop Freeman, and we were just discussing his service in the Army in Germany, uh, I guess prior to coming back to the States and starting on theology, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about Germany. What did you do there post-war? What was the effort? I was, I was uh, communications. Okay. Mm-hmm. We went out in the field, um, set up everything up, communications. We were just about, we were going to um, get ready to go to Vietnam, and they sort of, uh, uprising in Germany, so we had to stay there. Okay, at that point. Um, but I um, did you meet anyone there, or uh, when? Where did you meet your wife at? Oh, that was, that was way after I got out. Of oh school. yeah, yes. Okay. So let's talk let's, back about Germany because okay. you said that, you had a funny story. You had oh, yeah. a funny story, and yeah, also uh, tell me how far were you from Berlin Wall? Oh, that's part of my story. Yeah, great. Because that's where I was. At. My it, family is from Erxleben. Uh-huh. So I used to fly back and forth. Uh-huh. And um, Berlin Wall was one of the, you know, when uh-huh. I would leave through the visas. Uh-huh. So, uh, But I want to yeah, hear a little bit on, about it. I, I was, of all of my accomplishments, uh, I made the football team when I played in Germany. Made the, played football. That was the greatest accomplishment I ever made in my life. We went to Berlin. Uh, went to Stuttgart, Good Stuttgart. Well, the football team, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a because you go free. That was I don't know one night we were we headed to, we headed to Berlin. The trains are very small, you know. They, this Russian soldier stopped the train, and we had to be real quiet because we were in communist territory. Mm-hmm. If we said a word, they they could have stopped the train, whole train. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the. Uh, because it's in the 60s, a lot, a lot of the buildings downtown, you can still see where they were bombed. Mm-hmm. They never remodeled them. You still see those, go downtown, you still see those buildings. They're very happy people. It seems like every time you look up, they own a, on some kind of a party. Party doing something. Um, but that was during the Cold War, yeah. and people do not understand how dangerous that was. That it was, was you know, I was, I was a kid, but I, my mother was then in the military, and that mm-hmm. was the what? worst time in our lives. It's like yeah. 40 years with the Russia. Oh, Germany. my God, yeah. It, it, it and, and didn't open until yeah. 1989, remember? Yeah, I, I so, remember when it came yeah, down. So you were there, the you were guarding our military yeah. and, and the part and the yeah. thing. So this is why that, so yeah. tell us, so tell us. How how do you, how how was your time there, and how, did you get to be some great Germans and eat a lot of um, cabbage rolls? And <laughs> did you stay on on base? Or? Well, yeah, oh we, yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't base. Um, we because I didn't meet a lot of Germans, and I can't go into detail because sure, no, no, no. You know, uh, my wife's out there, and she might yeah. do this. But. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But it was it was pre wife time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Give us we the juicy a, details. Had, no, we had a new favorite guest. We just say we had a we had a nice time. You had a good time. Yeah, we were there. But as a bishop now, you don't advise of the things that you oh, did then. No, no, no. no. we no, learned no. we learned that is not the right That's way what to live. Forgiveness no. is for. <laughs> yeah. That's right. yeah. So are you going to tell us a little story of after what happened after the uh, the uh, Russian police stopped you? Oh yeah, the soldiers. Yeah, yeah we we. We, uh, we, we you were praying, right? Smart, and they said, "Be quiet." They could stop the, you know, the train and and, and could put us off the train because they were in, we were in communist territory. I yeah, never forget that moment because late at night we hit to Berlin, 
you know, for a football sure. game. Been to, I've done that many, many trips, and that, that goes through very difficult areas. Very difficult. And once they stop you, my husband and I were in Berlin. Uh, I took my husband in 1999 to visit my family, and I made a mistake. I forgot to get a visa for him through it. You know the what they call the travel visa in between, uh-huh. and we got we got stopped on at the point right there on the way back, and they put my husband out of the car, and they they asked him um, first. The first thing is I had a I had a uh, my visa travel visa for because I'm, I have a dual passport, mm-hmm. but they pulled my husband out and took him into a room, put a gun on his head. Whoa, nineteen eighty five, eighty five. Because we went to Arkansas, and you know. When you're there, there's not very much you can yeah, do. You and I could see my American soldier across the street, you know, and they finally uh, they asked my husband, where are you from? And uh, it was a German woman. I'll never forget her. And he says, I'm from Texas. And she says, spit on him. And we sat there. She and, literally just spit on him. Oh, me. my God. <laughs> on well, your yeah. husband? On my husband's face. God, they wow. hate us. I don't understand. I don't yeah, understand, but why? Yeah, I don't because get because it. Explain. This is the way it is. You know, because we had to tops down. We were traveling down the roads, you know, you know, going to. Going to yeah, well, caravan are, of people. Yeah, caravan. This is Russian police. They were, they were, okay. Those kids would throw rocks at us. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, we Unbelievable. Tried to, we to hit oh, I mean, we, we were the out, part of the Allied forces. So, we were, yeah. no, we, we were not the, the Allied. We were, we were, we were the German. Uh, we are the American defending our, remember, East. And West, oh yeah, we were defending yeah. the West yeah, from the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. were you there when all those when people were trying to go over the fence and they were shot down? Yeah. We, mm-hmm. we got In the 60s, yeah. yes, yeah. I mean, I spent a lot of time there because my mm-hmm. my mother's sister lives in Darkslaven. Mm-hmm. So we, I went through. People don't realize what it's like to live like that. I'm, yeah. You probably, it's, it's as a soldier, you're on this on the on this side and you're watching oh, yeah. people that want to come over and. They start crawling through the through the yeah, fence, that. and they yeah. just shoot them. Man, Hitler I'm made everybody mad. It, it was it was <laughs> horrible, and yeah. so I I can imagine. I I've lived it, and most people here don't even know what mm-hmm. that is. It's mm-hmm. it's just. It's, yeah, I, was I in, need to. I was in Westburg, yes. uh, I guess thirty miles from Frankfurt. Frankfurt, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so your experience when you came back to the United States, what made you love it? What did you say when you got off the flight as oh, yeah. a, a, as a soldier? Happy to be back. Love our country. Mm-hmm. Love, love America. I love the country. Yeah. So, as and then you, what's next? What's so, next? Well, yeah. This is 67, right? When you left? 67. And uh, you went to we SMU? Came back to six, no, 67, 69. And uh, which much later went to SMU. But uh, I started I started preaching in uh, in 70, first, preaching first sermon in 70, um, passing quantum all over Texas. And a friend of mine, close friend of mine, was he's he was a bishop. Um, he told me, "So you need to go back to school, you know, in order to really, you know." And so I was I was blessed to go to Texas College. Then from there, I went went to. Um, <clears throat> I shouldn't have I shouldn't have because I'm I'm telling my host, but at Texas College, the guy gave this guy because he was so into this Greek stuff thing. Um, Greek girls? No, Greek. Yeah, Greek. Kappa, oh, Kappa. oh, okay. I'm, I just wanted. But, uh, I just wanted to get this straight. He gave me a, he <laughs> gave Mrs. Freeman, are you listening? He gave me a C in art, and so my grade point was two point nine. Getting oh. SMU had to have a three point oh. Mm. So I had to really talk. So he let me in on a probation for one semester. I was on probation, and I, of course, I passed probation and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed hard at SMU. So, did you stay on campus at SMU? No, I had a church. At my first church was in uh, Greenville, Texas. Then my second, after a year in Greenville, I passed in Dallas, um, in North Dallas for my master's. And I worked on my doctorate. I passed in South Dallas, okay. Hatchard. Did my dissertation on inner city school dropouts, which caused so many kids, minority kids, to drop out of school. What'd you come up with? Lack of parental involvement. Well, so numerous, numerous. But I've my I've changed now. Um, when I was working on my dissertation, I couldn't have, didn't have an answer. But I think I think it's environment, which I would never have said 
back then. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with your environment and your parent uh, examples. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with it. Sure. And I know what to say that when it didn't to St. Tony, I can't, but, but, I can, but, but it's, I had to, it, it's your environment. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but it's your environment. Because there's exceptions. You have, you can have people in the same environment that will, you know, do well. Right. But as a whole, that's it's not, the environment. That's not right. typical to happen. It's not typical. Yeah. It's just, I hate to say it like that, but yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's true. environment. Oh, some it's people, true. some people strive to overcome those things, but some people can't overcome. I think. Those I things. think it's. I think it's. Um, I think it's something you have on the inside. Mm-hmm. It manifests itself when you meet something or experience. It manifests itself. Said I'm gonna do better. Um, because I, you know, I, I know, I know people in a very bad environment that, that came out perfect. That came out perfect. And people yeah. that well, had everything lined up for them, and they mm-hmm. did not do well in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. I've got five kids, and it's like, you know, you do what you can, and. It's really a roll of the dice what you're going to get, yeah, you know, exactly, you yeah. give them the opportunities, you try to raise them right, and respectful and manners and give them, you know, educational opportunities and what they do with it. That's them on the inside, you know, mm-hmm. and I see that with each of the kids, how mm-hmm. they've taken their own approach to life. So. It's getting worse. It's getting really worse. It is. It's getting worse. Well, and it's also, it's getting worse to the point now because, you know, we live up in Allen and just in that whole North Collin County area, there's a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, parents that think that they can provide these opportunities via the monetary uh, ways, like extra lessons and extra coaching and paying for tutors and paying for people to essentially divide, a, a, come up with a plan for their kids. And then now we have this whole generation of kids that don't know how to do anything for know. themselves. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you a story. So I was at a basketball game the other day I and I went into the concession stand. There was a group of kids that were running the, the concessions for their little fundraiser. And I asked this kid to make me a half Diet Coke, half Mr. Pib. He couldn't figure it out. Yeah. He could not figure it out. I, I feel the same way you do, that sometimes the responsibility I'm, and I'm pro- something skips today. generations mm-hmm. at times. Like my grandparents were, God, I hate, I'm glad nobody listens. My grandparents were very <laughs> a successful. A lot of people listen. I know. I, they were, I'm talking about personally. Okay. So my grandparents were very successful. They had kids a lot of money tried mm-hmm. to take care of them but really they were kind of both spoiled mm-hmm. they didn't do well right but now we were born from those and we we saw the strive we saw how hard it was for our parents growing up not being very successful and now all of those kids mm-hmm. are like oh no no we want to be more like our grandparents right and boom mm-hmm. it's, i've seen that. i don't know if that's really how it I trends think it is. but i kind of see that a lot of money can bring the spoiled sense entitlement the entitlement and the kids think that 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 their parents hard-earned money is there that they're entitled to that you know my kids pay for their own cell phone pay for their own car pay mm-hmm. for their own gas they do chores mm-hmm. they don't get stuff just to get stuff like things are earned right and that's just me and i see with my that's older good. kids they've they've struggled but they've done it on their own without mommy and daddy's mm-hmm. help the, you make your life choices. You're going to pay for them. You do good, then you know good things will come to you. Mr. Freeman, one question before we sure. go on our break, sure. real quick: Would you say the lack of a father at home has a lot to do with it? It depends on what who you call a father. Uh, some, 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 but you, you, and you, you have you buy a kid an eight hundred minorities, these minorities, eight hundred dollar phone. Two hundred dollars Jordan shoes, mm-hmm. and they can't read and write. Mm-hmm. Sad, and, and it's a, and some of the, and, and parents not all, of course, it's not all. Parents don't want to be parents anymore. They want to be buddies. Uh-huh. And like you said, we get you, you have to teach them. Your job is to teach them and to discipline them. But they want to be. In fact, I I I worked at Faith Family. This you know sub work mm-hmm. Faith Family. Some of the parents. To pick up those kids, you have tears in your eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's horrible. The fathers, quote fathers, pants sagging. Oh. You know, hey, come on, come on, your boy. You know, they have no examples. You know, in a lot of times. Oh. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, you were in the '60s, of course. You, we want to talk a little bit. This is Martin Luther King's birthday week, okay. and we want to talk a little bit about your experience during that time with mm-hmm. the. Um, situation in our in our country because it was very hard times also i was a kid but i know Mm -hmm. uh it was difficult times so this evening 
we've had an amazing uh, guest, Reverend Reverendo. What happened to Bishop? Yeah, Bishop. Oh, that's right. Bishop. Former Reverend. He's and got too many know. titles. I He's know. Just this amazing let's Renaissance just, man let's just over say, here. Mr. Freeman. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Freeman. That's, <laughs> Paul Freeman, like yeah. everybody knows him. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, Mr. Freeman, what uh, what were your thoughts back in the 60s out during the um, Martin Luther King time when he really was trying to bring the country together? And unfortunately, we don't learn from lessons, right? We don't learn. <laughs> we still have a long way to go. Um, sad to say, we still have a lot of racism. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that being said, we cannot let racism stop us. We're doing what we, I think sometimes we use, we young people try to use racism as a crutch, excuse. We, it will always be racism, but it cannot let you stop where you want to go, your goals you want to reach. Um, as far as my experience, and I, I said this, and people look at me real strange, um, in Amarillo, we didn't realize, in a sense, that it was so much racism, in a sense, because we, we stayed on our side of town, and they stayed on their side of town. Um, and so we didn't, we had all black school. Um, but even Briefly, I didn't. I didn't experience a lot of, a lot of racism. I remember one time we, we this place we couldn't go, weren't allowed to go, uh, but you know we didn't care. But um, it was there. Of course, it was there. Um, we were always the first fired, last hired. I mean, last hired, first fired. Um, it was there. Um, but. Overall, I, you know, I have some of my best friends. I, you know, this is cliche. I'm not trying Go to. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> be, That's right, Billy. Best, yeah, my best friends were. I want to hear it. Had a lot of best friends were white. Of course. Uh, yeah. Close friends. And so I didn't I didn't let that deter me as far as that, you know, yeah. in that area. What well, did you think about Martin Luther King when he yeah. started uh, coming on board and starting to move the 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 country was he as important to you then very, very important yeah then even very, yeah. even then okay very very important well tell us about that. very important um he he inspired so many uh to let us know we're somebody i didn't i didn't have the pleasure didn't have the didn't meet dr king but i met jesse jackson andrew young uh met a lot of civil rights leaders um and they were very inspiring um, Jesse Jackson very inspiring because I used to idolize him when I was young. Yeah, and I hope so when I first changed. met him, I so when, Andrew Young. I, I know that that uh, Dr. King was giving speeches and being on TV back mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal, right? Oh yeah, very big. So deal. when you were watching him on TV, was it like a a feeling of success, kind of like when your foot fa- your favorite football team is just smashing much, the other guys? Much, that you'll you'll never like, be a never be another Dr. King, and yeah. Never. So you just really enjoyed whenever very, he was on. Very enjoyed him. Yeah. Very enjoyed him. And how old were you then? Oh, I was young. You don't have to be specific. Yeah, I was but. pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> young then. Uh, but um, I really, I really, when I, when I got out of service, uh, I really realized how important he was. Uh, but I was, you know, I was in 65 in that area. I was impressed very much so. Yeah. What do you tell the kids that you... Uh, provide ministry to today. I mean, you, you're saying that yes, racism is still it's still very uh, prevalent, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids that you see, even young adults, adults that feel like they are using that as a a crutch, like you mentioned. Um, I, when I did my dissertation, mm-hmm. I was part of my a cha- I did a chapter on that. Race, you, you will, there will always be racism, but don't use that. Why are you not going to school? The teacher don't like me, and blah blah. Mm-hmm. That that you can use race use it as a motivated uh, factor mm-hmm. in, in, yeah. your, in your success. Be motivated by it instead of being, you know. So you uh, see, so you see a right and a wrong way to deal with racism. Yeah, it's a right and wrong. wrong. Yeah, I, I think I think we uh, I, I don't use racism as a crutch because racism will always be there. Yeah. So what if he don't like you? You're not there from you. You better get education. Um, 
uh, and a lot of times we blame racism something we've done mm-hmm. you know uh when we when i every time i say this they get understand but i'm this is my belief you cannot address black lives matter until you address black on black crime because it's increasing every day and what do you tell that person that you know this little girl studying for homework is shot by a straight bullet you know we shoot at a poor man what do you tell them and so we need i think we need to clean up let's clean up our community let's clean up what we can do uh and let's stop blaming everything on, on somebody else it's there i mean i'm not saying it's not there but what what are we doing to make it better mm-hmm. yeah what are we are, are we are we are we involved are, are we voting uh are we, are we you know not just not just to make uh appearance on television you know where everybody lights out what, what are we doing when all the lights are gone you know, you, nobody hears you, yeah. but your community. That's that's what I'm concerned about right mm-hmm. now. It's or like, what about as a as a parent that maybe realizes the you know maybe they've had a bad hand, right? Maybe they feel like they can use what's happened to them as their crutch, right? I think giving having that outlook, but giving your kids every possible opportunity for education, being present helping your kid realize that yeah this is this is bad stuff that happens but this doesn't have to be yeah, your life that's right. and helping your kid you instead of constantly that. being like nope we can't do that because of this or no we can't do that because of that and that's something that I try to remember i mean i can't even speak to any of that i mean i'm mm. i'm a 40 year old white woman you know mm. i mean i i don't know anything about that but i do know being a female i do know what it feels like to uh, get the short end of the stick. And I, I do know what it feels like to be passed up for things. Um, but I've never made an excuse for that. And I've mm. always told my kids, well, you're not happy with it. Do something about it. Right. Let, let me say one thing before I go. There are st- still good par- black mm-hmm. parents. Oh, for let sure. Me, let me say that. There's still some. That, oh, but, but I'm talking about the ones that are not, but it's still right. a lot of Right. Yes. Oh, like yeah. if you're yeah. sitting there doing drugs mm-hmm. in front of your kid, right? If you're home all day collecting uh, collecting mm-hmm. government aid when you have the full ability to work and show your child what it what it looks like to work hard. But this is for every, every race, every per True, male, yeah. female. This is across True. the board. True. This doesn't this isn't just about uh, minority races. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, you know, you talk about it is across the board. It is across the board. If you're going to be a hard what, worker, be a hard example worker. of what you just said it's flashed it. white. A few white yeah. friends of mine, of, even yes. of mine, who of don't work much, and they'll yeah. actually do drugs around their yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. So well, I'm going to bring one point. Okay. I think we're too much. We are dealing with too much of our our skin color. Our our wh- who are we? Over I think we're not dealing as a human uh, entity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think we just True. divide ourselves. We do our own dividing True. True. because also, we sit and talk about oh. This and that, but I've traveled around the world, and I see, you know, everywhere in the world you go, there is separations of mm-hmm. people. Yes. So we need to start talking less about who who we are as as colors and identity, more as a human, because that's what we are. You know, you want to surround yourself you with people you with like. People you like, but, but there are certain types of people, and they're okay to be the way they are. But I don't want to be around them. Absolutely, and that's where this division starts to become too mm-hmm. volatile. But I like the way that you overcame it, which is your way of handling is you can recognize it, but don't just sit around acknowledging it, mm-hmm. push through it, mm-hmm. sidestep and it's keep there. going. I'll be there. Yeah. All right. So now we're are we going to take a break or we're going to. Well, we're we're going to take a break because we're going to listen to the, reden- oh, the recital. Rend- 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 no There's no break, actually. Why? Um, he is going. Uh, Dr. Uh, Freeman is going to not Dr. Sorry. Bishop Freeman is going to. Uh, yeah. Read the Martin Luther King speech. He will be reciting it and uh, using his powerful voice. And Let's we're going to sit back. And this is how we're closing the show up, by the I'm way. Sip we're going to take. Yes. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> we're going to sit back and listen to him. And then we're going to wish a very happy uh, birthday party for Martin Luther King. Yeah. There's parades everywhere in town. Come to the Carrollton Parade at downtown Carrollton for Martin Luther King. And there's they're all over the, the community. So. Now I'm going to let you, Mr. Freeman, take over and give us your wonderful speech and your beautiful voice. 250,000 people 
1963, left Washington to march in Washington. Dr. King spoke to them and said, let's not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friends, even though we face difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It's a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. Have a dream that one day this nation rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I still have a dream. Have a dream in the hills of Georgia, the son of former slaves and former slave owners, be able to sit down together in the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day the state of Mississippi, states sheltered with the beat of injustice, sheltered in the heat of oppression, one day be transformed into oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. I have a dream of four little children. One day will not be judged by the color of their skin, by the content of the character. I have a dream. Have a dream that every valley should be exalted. Every hill and mountain should be made low. Where places be made plain. And crooked places be made straight. I have a dream today. Yes, I have a dream. Have a dream that all flesh will come together. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York, snow-capped mountains of Colorado. Let freedom ring. Hill throne of Georgia. Let freedom ring. Look that mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring. And the more we let freedom ring, we'll be able to speed up that day with all of God's children, black men and white men. Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, be able to say that him is a Negro spiritual. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. I have a dream. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org.